Hello there, Comic Clan, and welcome to Comics in the Cross, the greatest streamers you have never heard of. Uh, of course, Please I'm one of your hosts for today. Someone Cross, along with. Thank you, ads, for that host right over the top of me. Thank you so Thank much you. for that. <laughs> um, I, of course, am one of your hosts for today, Cross, alongside my co host, as always, Nitro. What's up, everybody? How's it going? How are you all doing? Ooh, I don't know if that's loud for you, but Nitro is loud in my ears. It's sorry about that. No, you're not. Never sorry about it. <laughs> but thank you so much for everyone stopping by to hang out with us. Welcome along to our podcast for today. Where we are going back into doing um, our indie comic book club. A little bit of Invincible. We have not done this for a little while, actually. So it's been a good few months since we've done an indie comic book club. Where we, He said we were going to be talking about Invincible, Volume 1. And I'm going to be looking at this. Um, we, of course, in the show a while ago talked about the show Invincible. It's on Amazon Prime, the massive hit show that all of you have heard of at this point. Yep. And um, most of you have probably seen it. So we're going to be looking at the comic that inspired it, the comic that it was based upon, and what our Season thoughts are on it. Update. Yeah, man. There is a new. Hey, Danger is Fear. Thank you so much for that follow. Welcome to the Comic Clan. Welcome. We appreciate you coming on, and thank you so much. It's good to see you. Oh, let me move that because the alerts are not popping up above the border, so half of it just disappeared. What's up, Caffeine Rush? What's up, homie? Sorry, I'm just moving a few things. No excuses. <laughs> no excuses, no excuses. I just want that when our people do something on here, it'll look, do it properly. It'll do its job. It'll be nice. What? Alright, but thank you so much for everyone that's popping in to hang out with us today to talk about that. Uh, we of course have a couple of talking points beforehand, just a few things to talk about from the world of comics, movies, TV shows and everything in between. Um, first of all, I feel like my camera is aimed really high with this border. I'm trying to get it. I'm trying to show off my comics and get me at like, the right angle, Like, but I feel like... I mean, I honestly think it looks good, dude. Does it look okay? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it looks fine. I, just, I need to sit up straight because I feel like I slouch a lot, and if I slouch, I'm like, I'm I, down I here at my, I like here at my nameplate. And... I sit on my leg a lot when I do these things. Like, I, I'll sit on my leg. And oh, yeah, I do that. I do that all the time. Um, But yeah, so a couple of things, first of all, just to throw it into chat for everyone that's there. First of all, uh, for anyone who is interested in catching up on our Indie Comic Book Club um, that we've been doing since October of last year, this is actually, I believe, the fifth book we've covered. Yeah. Um, but if you put exclamation mark Indie into the chat, um, I will actually pull up an Amazon wish list where you can find all the books that we have covered here on the Indie Comic Book Club um, available for purchase. So you can actually go there, check them out for yourself, pick them up. Um, and included on there is the upcoming books that we are going to be doing um, up to the end of the year. Yeah, because it was Klaus, Chu, Spencer and Locke, Lock and Key, and Invincible. Yeah, so this is our fifth yep. one. And then also on there you'll find Something is Killing the Children, which is going to be our October book for Indie Comic Book Club for Halloween and Horrors books for this year. Um, and then, of course, our book that's going to be for our December story is actually going to be Yusagi Yojimbo um, an amazing 30 year old story from Stan Sakai of an anthropomorphic rabbit samurai if you grew up in the 80s you may possibly have even had an action figure of him because there was a lot of crossover for him in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles I totally did 
even though in saying that all those action figures came out of the tv show and i'm pretty sure he never actually appears in the tv show like well, not there was a lot of figures there was a lot of figures that came out like in the early 90s with ninja I'm, turtles i'm that... pretty sure he just got roped in there somehow i don't know oh, how yeah. they got him roped oh, yeah. in there but there was tons of characters i'm like dude i don't remember this dude at all but he looks sweet i'm gonna get him so basing off <laughs> I mean, of mom's gonna get him my mom's gonna get him that's what i meant just like i'm gonna i'm gonna get him nitro last week <laughs> um, but yeah as we've been apparently had a massive success last week with Nitro and Locke docking anime to the audience yes. and a lot of anime fans in here who like so the Japanese fun. culture, the old school um, Japanese movies and samurai ronin stories, this is very much in that sort of vein so if you're a fan of that sort of stuff, Yusagi Yujimbo will be up your alley, it's a little bit different than the usual ones we do on the show but it's like it's it's well worth checking out also, as well, you can see our other um, link if you do exclamation mark KOFI for coffee. Um, and you can see it right below us here as well. We are now actually over on coffee.com um, at comic slash comics in the cross, where you can go over there and you can support us via donations. And we are, of course, taking donations over there as well. We did originally have a Patreon that is now being shut down. We are going to be exclusively off of coffee. Um, it's opening up to do a lot of stuff on that page um, and we are encouraging people if you want to financially support us i know a lot of people like subbing here on the channel and a lot of people use their amazon prime to do that if you're still wanting to do that and support us financially in that way then we still greatly appreciate it and we're not going to say no if you want to give us money for yeah. the show i don't understand why you're doing it but we'll take it you know <laughs> absolutely no questions asked um, but it's actually more financially beneficial to do it via coffee because it's actually cheaper. I've set the lowest um, donation on it as four dollars, so it's actually about ninety nine cents cheaper than getting a sub on here, which is four ninety nine. Yep. And then also, it's more financially beneficial for us because we will actually get all four of those dollars rather than two. Mm -hmm. Um. So it's actually financially beneficial for us, and for those that are looking to get something out of um donating and subbing over there on coffee and um, i'm going to be doing exclusive content over there reactions to tv shows trailers movies different things like that i'll be doing on the show you'll get some behind the scenes content for here at comics in the cross and the next thing i'm lining up to do is i'm finishing up titan season Seed spot update uh, titans a member of oh. the comic clan has infinity bros coming in what, what? with a sub six months in a row thank you infinity bros for continuing your sub at the stan clan um, but supporting us over at um, Coffee, you'll actually get some exclusive content there. The next one I'm going to be doing is when I get to the start of Titan Season 3, I'm going to be recording my reactions and uploading them there. Um, if any other suggestions of what you would like to see there, by all means, let us know. Yeah. Also as well, there is a commissions page over there that we are actually going to be opening up, hopefully within the next week. Yeah, so I'll be working on that. I'll be working on that this week, um, getting the commissions part set up. So the way it's going to work is basically... Any commissions that are done, um, a portion of that will obviously go to Comics and the Cross, and the rest will go to, obviously, me. Um, but also, I think for uh, the people who do, like, a monthly co coffee sub, I might do a, like, a specific commission for them as, like, as like a, a thank you. So, we'll, we'll see. Well, I got to figure that out this week. But, yeah, that, that yeah. should be done, hopefully, by this weekend. But absolutely. We'll work out what's available off of there. But you will be able to purchase commissions from Nitro off of there. If you want to have a look at what um, Nitro's done, pop in on Tuesday nights. He's been doing some amazing pieces for some of our friends. Uh, right now, he's working on a piece for Nick from the Co-op Trio podcast. But he's done amazing pieces for 
uh, Chuck Lahant for Rated RKO, for uh, Watson of the Co-op Trio podcast, from Caleb from Mountain Nerds Pod. He has been doing awesome uh, commissions for them that have been shown on there on stream, um, and they've turned out amazing. So if you want to get a commission piece like that, um, they were all lucky enough to win those commissions during our 12-hour stream. Um, but that doesn't mean you can't get a commission piece like that. But Nitro is a phenomenal artist that deserves to get paid for his work. So if you want to buy that, um, or if you've got special requests, like he done logos, like he's done the logo for us at Comics and the Cross here that you can see above us. Um, he also did the logo for our good friend Locksteady um, for his channel launching. Um, and any of the emotes that you see here, he helps put them together for our channel. So if you have any requests like that, then by all means you can put them in as commission requests to Nitro. There will be a charge for them, obviously, for his working time on that. But at the same time, it's an opportunity to get some of that awesome artwork hanging up. I've got a piece hanging up behind me here. Very timely for going to be doing Titan Season 3 of Red Hood hanging up behind me. And that, by the way, was just like a quick sketch thing he pretty much did on stream along with some others one Sunday. That's not even like a intense piece that he's been doing as of late for his commissions. Um, but yeah, if you want to go over there, um, you can go over there and hit follow on our coffee page as well. Just to drop a follow to keep up to date with the things that are going on there. But if you drop that donation as well, it'll greatly benefit the channel. Anything that's made through the coffee page will 100% go to the channel and support us to allow us to buy stuff to be able to do on stream, to allow us to upgrade our equipment and all that sort of good stuff. Anything we get that way will go straight towards us here. Yep. Alright, I wanted to get those plugged in at the start. So we've got a couple of interesting things to talk about. Um, Let's talk about the Aquaman stuff first. Let's get it out of the road. Let's get that out of the road. Because there's there's nothing much to talk about here. Um, But Jason Moore released um, just today, in fact, like literally just before we came online, pretty much. Yeah. um, New looks at some of the Aquaman costumes that are going to be appearing in Aquaman 2. The first one being a slightly altered version of his final costume from Aquaman. Mm -hmm. And his apparently emo. Aquaman look of doing the black, which just looks like you looked at Black Spider Man and went, Hey, we just want a black outfit. Black Superman, Black Spider Man. We need a black outfit too, so let's let's just do it. Which I'm like, doesn't make any sense, didn't we just get rid of the black outfit in the first Aquaman movie when he changed over to his I mean I'm sure there's a there's a there's a specific need for it in the movie. I'm I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt with that. But I thought the outfit at the at the end of the first movie, even though I wasn't a huge fan of the movie, was perfect. I thought it was a perfect live action Aquaman costume. I don't know why I gotta change it. Yeah, it looks like a good thing. I can understand doing a little adding a couple of bells and whistles to it if you want to alter the costume yeah. slightly. I just don't get why we're going the route of the black costume. I'm sure it'll be no. explained in the storyline, but I'm looking at it like I don't get it. No, I don't get it personally. Either. But like, I guess it's one of those ones that you wait and see. I'm personally, I'm really not that pumped about the movie either, but. <laughs> I wasn't a big fan of the first one, to be honest. Everyone else seemed to love it, and I like I wasn't massive on it. So like I'm not exactly blown away for the sequel. No, I mean but, I own it, but I mean I own most comic book movies, even if I'm not a huge fan of them, just because I want to support the medium. Yeah, I want to make sure they keep making comic book movies. Yeah, but, like, exactly. But yeah, so it's like, but let us know in the chat what you guys think as well. If you're a fan of the new Aquaman looks or the the alterations to the costume from the end of Aquaman one. Um, and the new black Aquaman excuse me, Aquaman costume what do you guys think of them? 
Um, do you want to take us on to the next topic we were going to mention? Because you brought this up to me. There's some yeah. Daredevil rumors flying around. Yeah, so everybody... Alright, so there's a handful of Daredevil rumors regarding MCU that have been um, talked about this week. So for one, the, 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 the arm, the hairy arm that everybody thought was Charlie Cox in the trailer is confirmed to be not Charlie Cox. So, as I stated... I knew that wasn't Charlie Cox because it just had a different build than Charlie Cox Daredevil. But there's another trailer out there, like an IMAX cut of the trailer, that actually shows the guy's face, and it's it's not him. All right, so we can we can just put that to rest. All right, it's not Charlie Cox. Not saying he's not in the movie. I actually think he is, according to some rumors, obviously over the past couple of weeks. But so the news with uh, Daredevil Charlie Cox is that he will be getting his own Disney Plus spinoff show, Charlie Cox Daredevil, not anyone else. Um, he will be getting his red and yellow suit from the comics, and also he will he has filmed scenes for She-Hulk. So I'm assuming those will be courtroom scenes because She-Hulk is set like that's like a yeah. And she, thing. Yeah, let me put it this way: when it comes to that, like why are the shadows appearing below that again? Okay, this is doing weird things. <laughs> but like, um, but yeah, absolutely. Like I don't think we're going to see Daredevil appear in the She-Hulk movie, but I fully expect what we're going to see. And um, what's his face that we're going to see Matt Murdock? I feel like we're going to see a courtroom scene. I feel like yep. we're going to see him doing his thing. Yeah. Why is that alert box underneath our border? Oh, uh, is it? Uh... There is no reason for it to be under that border. Does the border need to be up higher? Is that what's going on? The border should be down, right, on the list? That's what I thought. What's up, Watson? Why, yes, I am wearing a very sexy C-shirt. C-shirt? Is it a C-shirt? or a C-shirt. C-shirt. It's a C-shirt. We're going to call it a C-shirt. What's up, Caleb? There we go. Um. So, so yeah, uh, regarding regarding Daredevil. So, they're thinking about... Oh, I think there's... Sec. I'm so sorry. Why are these yeah, it's on top now. Okay. Apparently, I'm about to get joined by someone on stream. Okay. Sweet. By a very special guest. Hi. Uh-oh. <laughs> Apparently there's been some infighting, so... Oh no! The other children are being dealt with by mommy, so... Nice. Say What's hi. up, little dude? Hey. <laughs> hey. That's not fair, man. Hey, you can't bit. steal camera time. <laughs> uh. Yep, there's baby cross. Say hi, ev- Say hi everybody. Dude, that's hilarious. Oh, you are such a poser. Look at that face. <laughs> that is such a pose. Oh my gosh! Don't come with in the, here with and the I thumb talk on cute. the chin. I'm gonna say don't 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 be fooled by him coming in here been all cute. This is the guy who's been keeping me up at night. The thumb on the chin. Yeah, Dude, that's hilarious. But yeah, please continue. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so there's rumors that Marvel is gonna be doing a. The rumors have started picking up speed, but they're gonna be doing a rated R, um, banner that they can put those types of movies and shows in. And the talks are Daredevil will be part of that, Ghost Rider will be part of that, obviously Deadpool, um, and there was one other one. Yeah, when they started oh, Punisher, when, Punisher probably. When they started talking about Deadpool coming in and being R-rated, it's like yeah, they were clearly like this is going to be something I'm going to have to address eventually. Yeah. Because there's too many other topics. Like, I mean, did you see that? Like, people are crying out for proper R-rated material now. Like, if you're going to do it, go for it. I mean, did you see that with like it and with Venom? Let there be carnage. Like the announced that it's going to be a PG-13 again. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, if you're going to up the ante and go for it, just go for it. Like, 
you know and, it's yeah. like, and if people don't like the r-rated stuff then don't watch the r-rated stuff like that's we've said it all the time not every comic book thing is for every you know fan of it so it's like yeah i mean speaking of like rated r and carnage like so i went to see shang chi last night and they played a new let there be carnage trailer that had additional footage and that could 100 percent easily be a rated r movie no question about it not even trying to be because the the scenes with woody harrelson transforming are properly terrifying as they should be it's like as they should be carnage is a symbiote that comes like literally out of his bloodstream yeah and i'm like that alone could be a terrifying scene you know it is it's amazing um but yeah so they're they're talking about doing a a rated r label at marvel and putting a lot of properties on that in addition on the same vein of daredevil so vincent d'onofrio there's rumors that he is going to be appearing in the echo series as well as um the hawkeye series um yeah and they're all the rumor is also that daredevil is 100 percent in spider-man the new movie coming out in december so a lot of stuff with daredevil this week because a lot of people want charlie cox back and a lot of people want vincent d'onofrio back and they're being super super vocal about it so they've only they've only wanted that since you know daredevil was cancelled on yeah. netflix i like just bring them over bring them in you know it's funny though along <laughs> along the same lines of the next the netflix uh marvel characters so again we we went and saw shang chi last night and my wife and i both hated well she liked iron fist but she did not like the martial arts in iron fist and she didn't um, like the main character, Danny Rand. The dude oh, Danny. did you see the report that came out for that, by the way? That's what to mention. What? Do you know why the fighting was so bad in that? No. Oh, yeah, yeah, because he didn't want to train. Because he didn't show up for training. That's why it's shot in the dark. That's why it's shot with him with his face covered. Because half of it's a freaking stunt double and half of it's him not having a clue what he's doing. So dumb. Like, like yeah, you're, you're one of the best martial artists. It's a martial, martial arts show! Dude, it's like you're one of the best martial artists in Marvel... And you don't want to train? Is that is that is that what we're doing here? Is that what we're doing? Um, but anyways, I turned to my wife mid movie and I said, "This is what, <laughs> this is what Iron Fist wished it was." <laughs> and Good. then somebody reported, and somebody reported after that. Thankfully, we won't have to see Danny Rand anymore. <laughs> but I think we will at some point. I just they're gonna have it to won't like, be the same dramatically remove it from what the Netflix show was. Well, let's put it this way: Charlie Cox coming in, one hundred percent viable option. Vincent D'Onofrio, one hundred percent viable option. I don't even remember his name that played Danny Rand, but he's gonna get nowhere near the MCU. No, no, no way. Because like I, because I said, see, I, see, before that report, I had chalked up a lot of what happened in Iron Fist <laughs> to to it being like bad writing bad like storytelling all this sort mm -hmm. of stuff and the guy who did the first season especially yeah. was awful at it and he proved that because he also did the inhuman show which was awful mm -hmm. as well yeah. yeah but then when i heard that and i'm like if you are cast to play one of the best martial artists in the marvel universe that like you're cast to play any sort of martial arts role and you just refuse to show your ass up to train yeah. and actually choreograph stuff and actually learn yeah. how to do it correctly then you don't deserve to be in it you don't deserve that role and i'm like yeah. and i hate it because iron fist is a really cool character they could have done some great stuff with i know man i was so disappointed when i saw the and show it's like one. and now we've got shang chi and it's like he's going to do what they need to do he's going to take Dude, that I role he's going to be their martial artist he's going to do all their mysticism i'm like iron fist legitimately gets his power from punching a dragon's, a dragon's. heart 
<laughs> and I had to wait until Shang Chi dropped to get a dragon. In the trailer, though. In the trailer. in the trailer. I got that in the trailer. I watched two seasons of Iron Fist. Yes, I was one of those people that watched both seasons. Yes, I did I... too. I did too. I'm a moron. No dragon. <laughs> and I'm like, how do you not have even a glimpse of the dragon? That's the main plot point. And yet, that's his origin story. Yeah, in the trailer <laughs> for Shang-Chi, I get a dragon. I don't even need to watch the movie. I got the dragon already. I've not seen the movie yet, and I've already got a dragon. So, I mean... I know we're, you and I are going to go see Shang-Chi um, later this week, but it reminded me a lot of the martial arts movies from like the late 90s, early 2000s that were like made such a splash in the States. Yeah. You know, like uh, Rumble in the Bronx, Crouching Tiger. I would I would put The Matrix in there, I, honestly. I have not seen but, Shang-Chi. I have just heard all the reports coming out. I've heard nothing but great stuff from it. But it's so good, man. I have got so to good. commend Marvel for this because, like, it's, as much as we talk about Marvel can take characters that nobody knows, like, and make something amazing out of them, and, like, mm-hmm. let me put it this way. They took a guy who, in all honesty, comic book-wise in Marvel, was less than Z-Lister. Even Guardians of the Galaxy and Ant-Man had their fan bases. Even hardcore yeah. fans knew who they were. Shang-Chi was an afterthought by Marvel Comics for the most part. He was barely around for anything. Mm-hmm. It's like he was not... Anytime they tried to push him, it basically was stopped dead. It wasn't allowed yeah. to grow. And they have basically turned Shang-Chi into what a lot of people are calling the best solo Marvel movie that we've had yet. One of the best things. Like Shang-Chi is not even an Avenger, technically. And everyone's yeah. calling for him to be part of the Avengers team now. After well, like, this, that he needs to be part of it. And I'm like, you have done bigger than taking like a no hoper like Iron Man, putting Robert Downey Jr. on it and making him an A lister. You have yeah, taken a character I, that no, that people, even comic fans that knew about him, and did not care about him, and make him probably one of the hottest Marvel properties right now. Like I'm continually that's impressive. My brain that I want to say because I don't want to spoil anything but it's such a good movie like it's, it's, it's movie. impressive that they've done this they got hype built for this character this character has never had hype and they got people excited for the movie well before it dropped and then when it dropped the hype just exploded and it's so, like oh, you know good job Marvel that's, that's exactly what we were waiting for with stuff like this I know we keep, we keep we, I feel like we talk about Iron Fist like every other week but it had such potential to be so cool. It was such a letdown, man. But, like, he's the other big martial artist, and now with Shang-Chi I know, dropping, he's one of the big ones. With Shang-Chi dropping, I'm like, there's going to be comparisons drawn, because it's, they're opposite ends of the scale. I mean, who and is ab- it? And absolutely addressing as, yes, I will forever mention Inhumans, because I had to suffer through it, and I am not letting anyone else black out on it. If I have I mean, to suffer, so do you. Who are the people who are known for their martial arts abilities, right? You have daredevil mm-hmm. you have iron fist mm-hmm. you have shang chi and maybe taskmaster you'll put him there because you yeah. can learn everybody's fighting i mean who who else are the main like mainstays and i feel like two of the four of those they've just absolutely butchered <laughs> yeah this year oh, yeah well, one of them one of them this year like literally yeah. a few months ago one of them was butchered sheesh the other one was butchered twice he had two seasons and they got no, it wrong three times he had two seasons Oh yeah! Oh my gosh! And the defenders, I forgot about defenders. So yeah, three times. The thing is, the thing is, they gave us a little bit of hope within those shows because there were glimpses of like, oh, that was really cool. 
and then it just the went best back the best potential that character had was when he showed up in season two of Luke Cage, and we got a back and forth between Luke Cage and Iron Fist. Oh, when they started fighting, we got a back and forth with their fighting, and even just like in the season two of Luke Cage, when we got some dialogue between them, I'm like, okay, there's signs of something that could be here. Yeah, and it's like, now nah, we're just gonna turn the lights out and him, and we're just gonna leave it there, and we're just, uh, and it's like, okay. But, so Shang Chi is a proper martial arts movie, I think, in my opinion. Uh, it's really good, and I I love the fact that yeah. it embraces the, just the bat crap crazy stuff. So you've got the chance as well, chat, to go and see Shang Chi. We will be talking the review, and that Nitro is not going to be with us next week, and um, we were going to do it originally next week, and um, but so the following Sunday, so two weeks today, we will be talking all spoiler Shang Chi. So you should have plenty of time to have gone and seen it yeah. at that point. So we will be talking all things spoilers by that. Um, so 100% make sure you join us for that one. We will be letting loose on everything. Yes. All right, let's call it there before we dive into some more stuff. And we are going to delve into our indie comic book club looking at Invincible. Sweet. Um. So, full spoilers for Volume 1 of Invincible. We are, of course, going to be going full spoilers into the comic itself. Also, as well, full spoilers for Season 1 of Invincible. We have talked about it on the show before, but like it highly parallels a lot of the stuff in here, and the fact that the show just dropped this year, there's going to be a lot of conversation mm-hmm. about it. There's going to be a lot of comparison to it and what takes place and um, as we delve into it. So, uh, So, we'll leave that there if you guys need to head out if you aren't at the point where you can take spoilers on either of them we completely understand and uh, but we're going to go in full spoilers for both of these so initial thoughts on invincible volume one so i so it's going to be inevitable that we compare this to the show right oh yeah absolutely right. i think it's going so, to be hard not to so i think where this book excels is that it allows the story room to breathe so it's, I mean, in effect, it's the same story as the show to a certain extent. There's other like minor things that the book has that the show doesn't, but I feel like the book just gives it room to breathe because we're four issues in, and you know the show starts off with again spoilers, but the show starts off with the death of the um, they're basically their Justice League, their version of the Justice League, yeah, Guardians, yeah, of, the Guardians of the Globe. Yeah, yeah. So it starts off with with Omni Man basically murdering all of them. Well, apparently, like, like like you and I were talking before this, so I, we just finished volume one, which is the first four episodes, or for the first four issues. Yeah. That doesn't happen until the second volume. Yeah, so I've got volume two. I actually own volume two. I picked it up not a lot long ago. And, like, the reveal of him, of, like, the Guardians of the Globe dying and who does it, doesn't happen until, like, literally the end of this. Yeah. Like, literally, is like, one of the last pages reveals um, Omni-Man, or maybe it's, like, the issue before it. Yeah, like, the second-to-last issue in this mm-hmm. is literally, like, the death of the Guardians of the Globe. So, like, you yeah. then get... So, like, the chapter four in volume two is literally, like, starting off with a funeral and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. If you want... If you honestly want to pick up the comic, like, to the point of where they are in the show, you mm-hmm. need to pick up, like, Compendium 1 of the book. You would need to pick up, like, volumes 1, 2, and 3, like, the first 12 yeah. issues to properly get... include. Like encompassing the death of the guardians of the globe the the turning of omni-man the fight between omni-man and mark and you know everything that you do for that hey good morning bullet ryan good to see you sir welcome on in so like so i love that there's room to breathe it's a pretty easy read um i didn't jive with some of the writings i think this is the first time i ever read a uh, robert kirkman book 
um, some of the stuff was like I was like okay that's a, that's a bit cheesy, but for the most right. part I really liked I really liked the write, the writing. I I'll be honest I wasn't a ginormous fan of the art style, mm. um, but that being said, the coloring in the book is phenomenal and I think it matches the art style very very well. The so use it of didn't take me. the use of color is very interesting because there's uh, yes. there's so many shots where there isn't a background it's literally well, just color and it's like in is used to kind of like as part of it to emphasize what's in front of it is is very interesting yeah like for instance like this this whole spread this two-page spread it's not a spread but these whole two pages are all blue but like it suits the atmosphere of that scene and it's really really well done and like there's it's definitely a minimalist like art Mm -hmm. style like there's not a lot on each panel there's not a lot on the page but i think they they it breathes it breathes very well from a from a visual perspective. I'm just not a huge fan of the way that they styled the characters, and I, I think that might have something to do with the fact that I saw the show first, and I really dug the show's art style. Yeah. Also, um, as also as well, just as a FYI on the art style, the art does actually change later on. And mm-hmm. um, as you come into volume two, the name's already at the top of the page. Is um, it's Cody Walker that does volume one. Okay. And then going into volume two, it's still Cody Walker a little bit, but also there's Ryan Otley. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can actually see it, like even me just flipping through volume two, then the art style just, it looks different in some places. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's not a, it's still not a simil- deal breaker for me. There's still similarities to it, but Ryan Otley starts to take over, and then I think it's by volume three, Ryan Otley is the artist. And he, yeah. would, he would then be the artist through to like the end of the series. Yeah, it's definitely not a deal breaker for me. It's not like it, t- it takes me out of it. Um, because I think that the coloring, just I think it makes up for it, in my opinion. It's so good. Um, I think the book is really good. I really enjoyed it. I immediately wanted to watch or, or read the second volume, though, after I was done. Yeah, I think that's the thing with this book is like. Kind of like what you said, I think is the best way to describe it is Invincible is there's room to breathe. Mm-hmm. It's. You know, I was talking to you a little bit before the show. Um, so many shows and so many stories, so many comics are in such a rush to grab you, especially if you're reading like Marvel and DC. Then now, a lot of the time, it's about um, grabbing your attention. The next big thing, we need to get you. We need to draw you in. We need to be big thing to big thing to big thing to big thing. And it's like, whoa, just chill, breathe. Hold down. Yeah. <clears throat> like literally at the end of the first volume, like I feel like nothing has happened. It's like oh, nothing like amazing. Like yeah. there's like, there's no death of the Guardians of the Globe. There's no like you know spoilers for the show, but there's no Omni Man turning evil. There's no big fight with Omni Man and Mark. There's nothing like that. But at the same time, I feel very invested in Mark Grayson as a character and Invincible as a character. I feel yeah, very like, invested in his world. I've learned who his parents are, what they're like. I've learned his best friends at school. I've learned who, like, um, was it Teen Team? Mm-hmm. Am I getting that right? Teen Team? Yeah. Like, who's got, like, Adam Eve and Robot and all that in it and Rexplode. Like, they're all in it. I feel like I'm getting to know them. Which I'd like to point out, Take it's a lot more of a breathing room because, like, some of the characters are even a bit different. Like, Robot, the way he's written in this, is very different from the show. Yeah, is it? I I can't not I can't not hear Zachary Quinto when I read. Oh, one hundred percent. I like, still hear Zachary Quinto's voice, one hundred percent. But like, I th- that's the dude. That's the dude. He's he's voicing it I, in my head. That's who it is. But like his way of of speaking is so different. Like in the show, yeah. he's very he is very robotic. Yeah. And very single note. In this, he's almost got like a little bit of an attitude, a little cocky at times, a little like 
sure of what he's doing. He's definitely like the spoiler that comes out in Invincible. Obviously, that robot isn't a robot; it's actually a, a malformed person who's basically yeah. living in a tube. Um, I can buy that a lot more in the comic than I can in the show yes. because yeah. I'm like the way he talks and interacts, and I'm like I could buy that's a person. Yeah, agreed. And Mountaineer saying hey, the comics death take it way slower than the show, which is totally fine. Yeah. But that's the thing as well, that's the great thing about Invincible and this, we'll get into the actual volume in itself in a bit, but Invincible in itself, I think it's like 32 volumes collected. Holy cow. But like the 32 volumes are literally like the story of Mark Grayson. Like you get the story of um, him growing up in high school, you get the story of him learning to be a hero, you get the turning of his dad, you get the learning who the Viltrumites really are, you get the War of the Viltrumites, which lasts a good like three volumes or something, like it's huge oh man, I can't wait to read that part You, he ends up getting married, he ends up having kids of his own, he ends up like you literally follow the life of Mark Grayson across these 32 volumes it's not like a, it's not like picking up Spider-Man and like 32 volumes later he could be anywhere Mm-hmm. it's like in fact like if you do that at the right point you'll end up with him being almost like further back than when you started yeah whereas like with Invincible it's, like, it's literally the growth of the character across these books it's the growth of his life and it's a natural path yeah and I feel like it takes its time to get there and yeah, it lets it's you it's definitely noticeably different than the show it's like you're going to it's making you settle in for the long haul like this is a story that's worth telling and and I was thinking about it like I was talking to you beforehand, knowing I know some of what's coming up next. I know not just from the show, but I know spoilers of some of the stuff that comes up in the comics because the, the, the story's been done for a few years now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know some of the spoilers that come up ahead. And yeah. knowing where some of the story goes, it's really interesting to think like you want your big hit stuff, your big impact stuff, you're going to get it. Mm-hmm. But we're going to take the time to build towards that we're going to take the time to make you emotionally invest in mark grayson emotionally invest in his mom emotionally invest in atom eve and rex and robot emotionally invest in omni man and emotionally invest in these characters and where they're going and can i can i say like i as regarding mark's character i it's such a breath of fresh air to just have someone who's just a good person Mm -hmm. you know like I, i get the gray like most people are there's a there there's a shade of obviously good and and you know not so good i get that but sometimes there's just good people and i feel like it's it was a breath of fresh air when i was reading mark's characters i feel like he's just a good dude yeah he's just a good you know? kid there's like you I mean yeah. it's like a 17 year old that just wants to do the right thing yeah and, and i love like, that man and it's awesome to kind of get that feeling and that um development of that it's really really cool yeah um so like it's it's just it's a really interesting story is it I was going to say fun, but fun is not the right word because it's like, it's it's just enjoyable. Yeah, it is definitely enjoyable. That's it's more really like just for. enjoyable to sit there. It's not like it's fun, like, hey, we're going on this crazy adventure and it's going to be wacky and fun or, oh, there's going to be great action scenes and I'm like, well, there's some good action in it, but not drastically over the top. Yeah. It's just an enjoyable read. Like, I feel like I'm starting this journey with Mark. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is the start of his superhero journey and I feel like I'm starting that journey with him. And it didn't rush. You know how like if you watch just like a Spider Man movie, for example, I'm thinking like especially back like the Toby Maguire ones. Mm-hmm. It was like he's in high school and he's became Spider Man, oh and now he's at college and has a job and all this stuff and it's like the movie's not even halfway through. 
Yeah. And he just jumped like 10 years of his life away. I know. And it's like, and this is like, no, he's in high school. And I think by the end of the book, it's like, what, a few months? It's like five months later, six months later? Something like that. that. It's not not even been like a year, you know what I mean? It's like, it's it's literally taking its time of like that. Well, what would this kid do? How would he learn? What would he go through in this? Yeah, and I, I love, like, one of the one of my favorite things about this book is how just matter of fact being a superhero was. Yeah. Like, cause especially when his mom is talking about it, like, during Dad, Omni-Man gets sucked into a different dimension. And Mark's like, yeah, Dad got sucked into another dimension. I don't know if he's going to be home for dinner. And she's like, oh, that's okay. What do you want for dinner? <laughs> it yeah. It's just like, it's just a matter of fact that people have superpowers. And it is what it is. I love that. It's just the fact that, like, yeah, this has happened before. Don't worry about it. He'll be back. Yeah. You know, yeah. and... And one thing that I caught in the in the comic that I wasn't, I didn't catch this in the show, or I might have just missed it. Like, people don't know that that dude is Omni Man, right? They think he's like an author. Oh yeah, like he's a writer and an author and stuff like yeah. that. It's like you don't get to see much of his home life, of Omni Man's home life and what he does and stuff, because it very much focuses on his superheroics more. Yeah, yeah, and his connection with like Cecil and the organization and stuff who we don't even get in this I don't even think we get it mm-hmm. in volume 2 I don't think they show up until volume 3 um, but like it's very you know he has a secret identity he has this life and it's like he's which makes sense because you're like because you kind of watch the show and you wonder that like they've got a house and stuff and Debbie seems to be you know she sells homes and stuff and you're like is that how they make money or like does does the government pay Omni Man is he a professional superhero yeah. or like how does it work because he never seems to not be Omni Man mm-hmm. and it's really interesting because you get like a okay Billet Ryan I'm going to say this Nitro's already said it to you I am going to time you out if you put any spoilers in chat. I'm just saying you seem to be really pushing the Shang-Chi talk and like we're not talking Shang-Chi today because most of us have not seen it yet it literally just came out I'm glad you enjoyed it but if you really push that conversation I'm going to get one of the mods to time you out brother I don't want to do that but I'm going to let you know that because I see you just keep posting about it but um, yeah it's like it's it's interesting because I love the fact that then it clips of like him being an author and stuff like that with Omni-Man it's like it also makes sense because he's like, oh yeah, I just I'll, I'll knock a book out mm-hmm. and get them. Yeah, next, yeah. He's hat. like, I need to get some extra keyboards. <laughs> yeah, and it's like just letting you know, I'm going to rattle through this. I'm going to tear through these keyboards. I'm going to completely like you know power through these. Um, it's absolutely awesome just to think of that. Like, it, yeah. Oh, yeah. So he does something, and he does something to earn money. So there is something else he does, but he does it in such a way of like, of course, being an author makes sense because he can type out super fast something. He's mm-hmm. super intelligent, so he can put his mind to work. He can blow out keyboards, type in this book, send yeah. it away, and then it's like the book goes out there and it starts to sell, and it's a while before he has to do another one. Yeah. And yet he's going to keep getting the the royalties from the book and the book selling, so it's like... Mm-hmm. Actually, it kind of makes perfect sense being a superhero yeah, and being an it author. It actually makes perfect sense, because it means like the rest... I if you have super speed. Yeah, it means just like the rest of the year he just has to do his thing. And go and be yeah. a superhero, and I'm like, okay, that makes perfect sense. Um, but yeah, so let's let's jump into it, and like I've, I've kind of just been wanting to talk around it a little bit before we fully yeah. delve into it, just because there's not a lot of stuff to discuss in it as of itself. Yeah, like we said, it's very slow, and and it's kind of build yeah, and, up and stuff. But like, and I was I was doing like I was trying to take notes per issue, and like 
other than just the high level points of like what happened in the issue again it's just character development there's not a whole lot of like specifics that that you know we cover but yeah yeah but like and that's the cool thing is like is if you like character driven stories this is definitely mm -hmm. the one absolutely like there's events in this and there's events that are building up but invincible is 100 percent a character driven superhero story mm -hmm. which is which in all honesty is kind of the same as the show in that way i think that's why so many people invested in the show yeah and connected yeah. with the show is because people connected with the characters you know it's like people fell in love with the characters and thought these are really like you really invest in mark's story you really invest in it but i understand for a tv show you have to grip people differently mm-hmm like what better way to get people coming back for episode two than oh by the way omni man's the bad guy yeah which never comes across no not at all like he seems like a super caring type person in this first volume you would never guess it so i can only imagine in volume two it's the same until the big reveal but i'm like i'm looking through this and i'm like there's nothing even like some of the stuff when the show where he hints at like when mark tells him about he's getting these powers and he looks very kind of concerned or he starts to like lash out and almost become abusive at points during the show yeah none none of that in here nope, nope. the dude is so content about mark being a superhero he's so calm about it the only time that we see it is uh when they fight the aliens that come through the porthole which if you've seen the show you've seen them uh, they come through but it's not like a big massive thing it's just like invincible and omni-man fighting them yeah it's just like a two-pager <laughs> and they and they push them back but like you can see like omni-man's face looks really intense during one of yes. the scenes yes but at the same time if i didn't know what omni-man did i don't know if i'd pick up that something is going to happen there yeah yeah i'd be like okay that's probably setting up something but him turning into the villain is not where I might would have went in all honesty you know it's funny that you mention that because they do a really good job of hiding who he is in, in the comic mm -hmm. but I do specifically recall that one this is what you're talking about right yeah that one panel where he's just about to go berserk like and you can see it like he's, his eyes are crazy but uh because the rest of it feels like even the conversation hey just me D how is it going welcome on in um, but yeah because the oh, rest yeah even the rest of that fight the dialogue feels almost superman-esque it's very like gung-ho let's go chum we can take care of this we can we can fight them back and it's like we are not finished yet keep pushing forward and it's like yeah it's very like all right all american hero sort of you know red white and blue you yeah. know superman-esque thing until that face Yes. when it's like it looks like the face when he goes through the porthole in the show and like blows up their world yeah it looks like he's about to do that until he gets heard dude mountain nerd said in the chat we were talking about zachary quinto with robot he said i definitely heard jk simmons the entire time i read omni man lines. oh 100 percent, 100 percent. omni man's voice is jk simmons voice hey, he is yeah he is jk simmons let's be yeah, honest there's no other way like <laughs> like the the voice cast for the show was so good perfect that reading through the comic perfect. you will hear their voices like I, I can't imagine other voices fitting them as well which is which is one reason that i'm glad that this that the book has a lot of the stuff that the show doesn't have because it, it, again you have that breathing room but you're able to kind of associate it, it adds another element to your reading experience like you have the voices now in your head that you can read the lines with and stuff like that it's, it's really cool absolutely and i mean like 
let's just take it an issue at a time then yeah, yeah. like there's not really because i'm like i usually would take it like story beat by story beat and build it up for yeah. people and but there's there's not even really that to be honest it doesn't re- not not a for real not a lot happens in each episode in each issue so like for instance the first issue the first issue was mainly just your introduction to to the to the nucleus family of the of the of the sh- of the uh of the book right you have yeah. mark you have his mom what's her name oh debbie debbie and then you have omni man um and it's just an introduction to them as a family and then you know mark discovers his powers that he has powers and one of the cool lines that i like from it which is which goes back to what i was saying earlier i like how just having superpowers is just matter of fact like he's working his job at Bergamar, and this 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 actual scene is in the show but He's working his job, and he goes out back to throw trash in the trash can, and he throws it like a normal person, and it goes like a mile in the air. And they cut to his face, and he goes, it's about time, you know, because yeah. his dad had had that talk with him, that that puberty, that superhero puberty talk where, you know, you're going to start growing hair in strange places, and you're going to get superpowers. So I thought that was cool. I really yeah. liked that. Well, that's it, the whole first issue. Like, I mean, like, literally the first couple of pages are like well the first couple of pages are him like getting rid of a guy who's actually a bomb which i love that's a lot yeah. of thing that comes back around in this because that comes up in issue four but um but basically it's just him and his mom at home just chatting there's not even a hint that it's a superhero family mm-hmm. like they talk about oh, i wonder where your dad is and stuff like that oh i don't know where yeah. he is he never came home last night until they turn on the tv and like omni man's fighting a dragon yeah i'm like oh i guess you know where he is now like that's that's it Nope, thank you for that disabled zombie stretch. Oh, pop the shoulders Ooh, up. Back pop. Oh, I needed that actually. That was good. Hey, Tom Levine. Right. How does it build suspense and or keep the story moving? Honestly, it kind of built. I don't know if it builds suspense, if that's the right terminology, Tom, but it's like it definitely builds, which is really interesting because like it, it, it definitely lays the foundation for what's going to be a good building of like some really great stuff of character development, who they are, the world that they live in, the relationships between the characters are all like really built well. They, it's not massively in-depth or anything, but it's yeah. it's enjoyable to start reading. You're like, oh, I'm ready to read the next volume because I want to see how they build on top of that. Yeah. it's like Because yeah. it's, it's not even like a, oh my goodness, I have to read the next issue to see what happens. It's like, oh yeah, I want to read the next issue. Let's do this. It's, it's, yeah, I mean... It's, the best way I can describe it is one of the most laid-back comic reading experiences i've ever had in my life yeah reading invincible volume one i would say that tom so to answer Tom's question there, there's an underlying arc in the first four issues uh regarding these high school kids are are, are are missing and they're showing up and getting basically blown up with bombs so there's an underlying there's an underlying who done it in the first four issues but in 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 with that comes a lot of character development with other characters that that obviously carry through to the next volume yeah absolutely Would you agree with that Cross? yeah 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 absolutely i think it's it definitely builds momentum like it continues to like that forward momentum the story keeps pushing forward mm-hmm. and I, the first couple of issues you literally don't even get like stuff on the the high school kids disappearing really like it's it's kind of mentioned and passed on Mm-hmm. and then by the time you get into issue three it's like it's getting mentioned more and more i think issue three is when they have like the big school assembly regarding it yeah and it's like wait a minute this and you kind of realize it like your head kind of clicks like oh wait i read about that 
yeah and, and you mentioned I, that and it's like and you kind of like it builds obviously into issue four when it's like here's what's happened to the kids yeah and a lot of the a lot of the growth in the first four issues is just mark discovering his powers and taking on that mantle and trying to figure out what it means to be an actual superhero his dad's kind of taking him under his wing that type stuff so there's a mentor mentee type thing going on and i there's love a lot that, of elements and i love that as well that's one thing the show doesn't do because we find it omni man's the bad guy so early yeah i love the relationship between mark and his dad which is going to make what uh, happens at the end of the third volume that much more important. i love it because like he literally looks like he is so excited for his son to be a hero and take him under his wing and start to teach him and guide him and the show it felt like it was almost very trying to get one up on him while he was doing training yeah. with him or show him how insignificant he is and this one like he literally feels like he's like even like when he takes him out in his costume, it's like, ah, oh, it's about time we did a team up. Come on, let's go. Yeah, exactly. And the two of them fly off. To eat hot dogs. <laughs> and the two of them fly off to each other. And it's like, okay, come on, I need your help with this one. Like he goes and grabs him and stuff. And it's like, it's yeah. so well done. Um, yeah. But yeah, so we get the setup of uh, Market High School. Like you said, we get the scene from the show where he launches the trash into the air. And apparently, according to the show, it lands in London and almost kills, and, like, kills people and stuff. <laughs> um. But then, like, the next dynamic is, like, literally them sitting having family dinner. Mm -hmm. um, again, another scene that we kind of see from the show where he tells them about their powers and stuff. But, like, Dad comes in late or something, like, third panel in your eyes, like, I made it. I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, he's going to be late again. Like, nope, I made it. I'm, I'm good. He's like, there was an enchanted <laughs> flood in Egypt. I had to deal with it on the way over. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, the way fast. Oh, did you take care of that dragon? It's like, yeah, once I found out who was controlling it, yeah, I managed to. Is it, she's just asking him about his work it's like it's yeah. so well done just how nonchalant she's asking about like this is just their life when it's funny at the end of dinner she's uh mark is like hey i think i'm finally getting my superpowers and she goes that's nice can you pass the potatoes yeah <laughs> and it's that. just so matter of fact i love that way it's like his dad has this weird reaction to the show his dad doesn't even look up yeah at the table but it's not in a bad way it's like uh like, oh yeah that was going to happen eventually yeah it's like really come on <laughs> Uh, then of course we get the flying scene it's not quite as intense at this point because in the show obviously he flies and he loses oxygen and crashes Yeah. and this we just see him taking the jump like it was and he kind of explains a little bit of that it's a reflex mm -hmm. flying so like if I step off here if it's a reflex and I have it I'll start flying and if mm -hmm. not then I should have invulnerability and I love there's that kind of moment of questioning wait, yeah. but if I don't fly there's also a chance I don't have invulnerability <laughs> And this could really hurt. <laughs> and I love it, just that little bit of processing, and then, of course, he can fly. Yeah. Um, you know what was really interesting was going back and reading this, because I read this, like, ages ago, way mm -hmm. before the show came out and stuff, and it was really interesting seeing where some of these characters go. Because yeah. next we get the scenes of him in, like, his costume, these homemade costumes, stopping villains. Yeah. And it's the rock dude, mm -hmm. who we see in the show becoming, like, the kingpin sort of yeah. crime lord guy. Yeah he's almost like a throwaway character in this he is because i remember he was such a big part of the show and it's like and he, i can only imagine how many volumes down the line that that stuff's going to happen though well like, it takes literally it takes literally five panels for him to get his face beat in by mark that's it yeah but that's it like that but then he like comes back in the show like a couple of episodes later for this whole thing and mm -hmm. i'm like but i can only imagine when in the comics he comes back if at all yeah, and I like it's so well done, and I I love as well that his dad doesn't pull him aside like in the show for this. Yeah, you know it's like he's 
basically, you know, in his old costume. And his dad's just standing there in his normal clothes, leaning against the wall. Like, what in goodness sake are you wearing? I know, he's watching him beat this dude, and he's just chilling in the, in the, in the alleyway. And he's like, is it not a bit early for you to be doing this? You've only had your powers for, like, what, a week? He's like, two, actually. <laughs> and then it's, the conversation literally goes, all right, come on, I can't have you running around looking that ridiculous. And then like, the sirens go off, and it's like, the police are here for them anyway. And so it's very much just a case of, like, well, if you're going to do this, let's go and get you in a proper costume, because yeah. you look ridiculous. And then the tailor, of course, I, I hear Mark Hamill. Cannot he- not hear Mark Hamill's voice when you're, like, reading his lines, like... Yeah. Maybe it's because Mark Hamill's voice is so distinct, like, in geek culture yes. to us now, but yes. I'm like, it's uh, him over anybody. I heard Mark Hamill's voice more than any yeah. other person. Yeah. Uh, Can I say, like, just as a side note, so I know I mentioned this to you earlier, so... There are a lot of visual Easter eggs to various other IPs in in the book. Like I I spotted an Akira reference, or which was one of the animes that we talked about last week. Um, Canada from Akira is wearing his his um, his biker jacket. There's also a Bill and Ted reference. Somebody's wearing a Wild Stallions baseball hat. There's a there's a Superman Red Sun reference. So there's a guy in the background wearing the the Superman logo with the sickle and the hammer on it, and he has a, the curl. He has a Superman curl. <laughs> um, and there's also on one of the buses there's the uh, there's a Star Trek Enterprise ship uh, silhouette with a trail behind it. And then the, Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown is in this freaking comic. He's at the mall. He's at the mall, and one of the kids explodes. So it, I, I really like that stuff. It doesn't really add anything to the story, but I just like, for people who are paying attention, I, I really, really like that stuff. Just like random Easter eggs added to Yeah, it. yeah. <clears throat> Which makes sense if you read the book, because even like some of the setup and stuff or st- stuff, like you'll see like different brandings and stuff like are obviously changed and mm-hmm. um, that and this. So like, it's clearly a book that's like, we're going to throw stuff in there. Um, like, there's a, a, there's a store, Toys R Us, obviously a real store that used to exist. But in the in the book, there's a toys be we. Yeah, toys be we. <laughs> and what is it if you go like right to the start of the first issue as well? Like his friend, um, what's his name? Is oh, what is his name? I've got I've literally just blanked. I had it in my head. William. Oh yeah, that's right. That's yeah, right. William. I just say Mark, but I was like, that's not it. Yeah, William's wearing like a a Gap shirt, like a shirt with like the Gap logo, but it's Rap R A P instead of G A P. Yes, I saw that. And it's like just. I didn't know about the Charlie Brown thing. That yeah, here's Charlie Brown. There. So in this panel, you can see Charlie Brown. I don't know if you can see it. Yep, the Charlie Brown shirt. You can Freddy's just right see there. it in the background. You see it at the side of like, the panel. He's looking at the camera right up here. So I was like, dude, that's so cool. I love that stuff. <clears throat> that's awesome. Alright, and then we head back to school with that. Uh, and... We get a little hint again at the missing kids, which I love in issue two. Mm-hmm. Um, the teacher asking like one of the kids to stay behind, like asks yeah. Derek, like to stay behind class, and it's like, never met this kid before. He's randomly getting asked to stay behind class with no reference. Hmm. I wonder if this will be important later. Well, and that's a cool thing. Like, I didn't, even, I didn't honestly even pay attention to that when I read it the first time. But no. after obviously reading it through the first time, I'm like, oh crap! So that's it's just a ra- it It's just a random scene, and like, but yeah. then when you start to realize there's missing kids and they're getting turned into bombs and stuff later. It's like, oh, that's what's happening. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we then get another interesting scene of like um, a play on the bully scene, which I prefer this the way that this one kind of happens. Yeah. 
in the show it just it felt like it was really drawn out as a way to try and build up amber i don't remember the bully scene in the show honestly uh the bully scene is the one like when he goes but at the beginning of the first episode to stop him like trying to like harass an amber and then gets the absolute snot kicked out of him Um, and then amber like puts him in the ball so hard he lifts off the floor (laughs) <laughs> and then we get the thing of like where he goes up later like when he's on his own but he has his powers now and Mark just keeps going hit me yeah hit me again and like I get the whole punching him out thing yeah but I kind of preferred this one it just it felt a lot more believable to me mm-hmm. like Mark getting and just hit me again hit yeah. me again I, like, I, I that's one of the things in the show I'm like I never quite understood that I'm like that doesn't make sense mm-hmm Whereas this one, it's like he's just picking on a kid at the side, another kid who's at the lockers. Yeah. And he's just like, just leave him alone. And it's like, you can yeah. see the just the frustration in the face of like, I just leave him alone. Well, and that's the thing. Like, he knows he could have, like, literally killed him. But all he did was just throw him into the locker and just say, hey, just chill out. But I love that. It's like, it's enough. Like, he basically dents him into the locker door. Yeah, yeah. It was like, jams him in. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, like he then gets hauled into the principal's office and stuff like that. Well, After... The principal's like, <clears throat> I would have done the same thing, man. You did awesome. Just don't tell anybody, basically. It's like, yeah, it's like, I'd have done the same thing. Please just be careful, though. Because yeah, yeah. I, I have to write you up for stuff like this, so please just don't. And um, the interaction with the bully gave me Flash Thompson, Peter Parker vibes. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's what they're going for, because I've heard it referenced to this book a lot as well. This is, like, very spider-man in that sense like whereas like mm-hmm. there's a lot of focus on if you read a story of like something like superman or batman or you'll get a little bit of origin story but then it's so much focus on them as a hero mm-hmm. spider-man was very much a character who probably one of the first where there was as much focus on him as a person and his life as much as there was on him being a hero yeah i think that's changed in recent years mm-hmm because like Peter Parker's almost like interchangeable under the mask now at this point of like no one really cares they just want Spider-Man which is like that's kind of the whole opposite of what he was meant to be mm-hmm. whereas I feel like that's what they were trying to get with Invincible was like it's Mark Grayson is just as important as Invincible yeah yeah you know just like Peter Parker's just as important as Spider-Man like Mark Grayson's as important as Invincible so I very much feel like there's definite Peter Parker like vibes and playing to stuff in here yeah, I would agree with that. Um, and then the interesting thing is it's actually that talk with the principal that gives him the idea for his name because obviously he went to see the tailor and he says, I'll make you an iconic suit, just give me a name and we'll work mm-hmm. from there. And it's when he's talking to him, you know, the boy was almost twice your size. It's not your responsibility to protect the other kids here. You're not invincible, you know. And it cuts to him smiling. And... I do have to say, it's like, I kind of like this setup for the name better. Mm-hmm. I forgot how it happened in the show. Well, in the show, it was his dad. And mm-hmm. it's during the scene where they're tossing the baseball around the world. Oh, yeah. Which is actually a scene that I think comes into the next volume, so it does actually appear. Gotcha. But, like, they're tossing the baseball around the world to each other, and they're talking, and he basically tells them, like, well, most teenage kids act like they're invincible. Mm-hmm. Difference is you actually are. Yeah. And the reason I prefer this way is I feel like that way is very... It makes sense in the way that they set up his dad. Mm-hmm. But it's very selfish. Like, it's mm-hmm. very much a case of like that. It's like, oh, these other kids think they're invincible. But you actually are invincible. And that spurs uh-huh. the name on. Whereas with this one, it's a case of like, you know what I mean? That building was almost twice your size. Like, 
mm-hmm. it's not your responsibility to protect other kids yeah you're not invincible and it's like actually no i am invincible and so it yeah. is my responsibility to step in for those that can't it feels very more again kind of like the peter parker vibes the great power comes great responsibility vibes of actually i do have the ability to step in for these kids who can't step up for themselves yeah i do have the ability to do that so i also have the responsibility to do that so i very much like it in that sense like i like the idea of his dad talking to him and setting it up but i prefer the way it's set up with the principal yeah it was it was good um then the issue ends we see like a bank robbery taking place and as they try to escape we get the first appearance of him you know post name and his new costume you know basically has the bank robber's car above his head Mm -hmm. and they're saying i will blow you away and he's like i wouldn't try that if i were you i'm invincible i'm invincible and i'm like okay that's a really cool first issue a really gentle style yeah. a really introduction to it, it pulled me it. in immediately yeah it definitely pulled me in immediately all right you want to take us through um chapter two of it then sure yeah so chapter two um basically kind of begins with kind of like a flashback um so it's it's um omnivan having the the talk with mark as a little kid so you cut back to um viltrium the planet and he's talking about from his perspective, which I think we learn later on in the in the show that it's he's not really telling the whole truth. Um, but they basically the Vil- planet Viltrum is is all people of of Omni Man's stature, like they all have superpowers, and they want to basically take their technology to other planets, to other universes. So they set up this council, and they start sending sending all these emissaries to other planets to kind of help them with their technology, help evolve their technology. So it goes through a lot of um, a lot of visuals of, of that happening. And then we get to Earth, and basically the people of Viltrium are... Viltrium? Is it Viltrium, right? The Viltrumites. Viltrum. Yeah, Viltrum, I think it is. Yeah. Viltrum, okay. They're like, yeah, we're not going to waste our time on Earth because they're not, uh, they're not as advanced as, 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 other, as other places that we're helping. And then he, he basically says that he steps up to be Earth's guardian, basically. So then it cuts down to him, you know, saving the day. There are montages of him punching punching monsters and punching dragons and stuff like that. And um, then it intercuts back to him talking to Mark. And he's basically like, you know, I'm, I'm the protector of the Earth. And one day you're going to get powers. You're going to get superpowers. And then it cuts back to Mark kind of using the powers. Like, again, we're talking about the visuals here. Um, just just the just the these two pages the splash pages of blue it's it's so cool um so then uh it cuts to it cuts to this guy an introduction of the teen team the the actual i think a legit even though they were kind of teased in the previous issue there's an introduction of like the full team here mm-hmm. um but we get we get a foil of a robbery from toy from a electronic store from these guys if you remember these guys from the show they're they're like the clones from the show. Yeah, the twin clones. Yeah, and they're trying to steal these electronic components from from these video game machines, which we don't know why they're trying to do that. Um, but it's it's revealed later in the issue that they're trying to build like an army of robots. <laughs> um. Let's see. You, you, it's cut in with intersects with with some more stuff of Adam Eve, Adam Eve and and Mark kind of 
So there's this whole thing in, ep- in issue two and issue three where it's kind of building this sexual or romantic tension between Adam and, e- Ad- Adam and Eve, Adam, Eve, and and Mark. And one of the things, this is where I was talking about, I didn't connect with 100% of the writing. Um, one of the parts in this issue is they're, they're, in, they're in the classroom. I think it's in this issue. They're in the, no, it's in another issue. But they're in the classroom, and they're talking to each other while the teacher's talking. And then he calls them out and basically calls them out in front of the class that, you know, they're, they're boyfriend and girlfriend, and they should do that on their own time. And then all the kids start laughing at him, and I'm like, would that really happen in real life? Where people really make fun of people for dating like that? I just, I don't know. I don't know. It felt a little forced to me. Anyways. Um, trying to think. So, yeah. So, it's the main, the main plot of this episode is, or this issue is the, those two clones trying to put the, the army, the robot army together. Um, and it's the introduction, the full introduction of, of the teen team. And then we get uh, towards the end of the episode, or t- I keep calling it an episode. Towards the end of the issue, we get... We get our first look at what these uh, of the missing kids of the explanation of the missing kids. So you see mm-hmm. one of the missing kids show up on a bench. Sorry, I don't know if you can see this. Show up on a bench, and he wakes up, and he explodes, and then it's the end of the issue. So again, not a ton happens in this issue. I think for it's a lot of character development for both the teen team and um, Mark and Adam Eve as a as kind of like a, a friendship. It shows that, that continuing budding of that friendship. Yeah, it's like, it's, that definitely is a major focus of the issue is we're starting to get the whole tension between Mark and Eve and they're building up. Like, they obviously did that in the show as well. And, you know, it's one of those things you're looking at it like it's the will they, won't they, you know, they're eventually yeah. going to get together thing because of course they are. Yeah, it's the main absolutely. character and the main female protagonist. Of course they're going to get together. Um, but like I like the way that they set it up. They definitely spend a lot of time building the friendship of it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like we get a lot more of that because in the show we didn't really get to see as much of that because there was so much focus on him with Amber. Oh, sorry. Here's the uh, here's the Red Sun reference. If you can see that. Yeah, so it is. I don't even notice him. Yeah, it does look a bit like Superboy there. I know. Um, but yeah, it's like so we do start to get the friendship here because like Amber, who does come into the comics eventually, she has a thing, but yep. like we don't get it right away. I feel like so much of the show was wasted on that stuff between Mark and Amber, mm-hmm. and I freaking hate Amber on the show. Yeah, she's incredibly annoying. It's like as the episodes go, she gets more annoying, and then the episode where like she reveals he reveals who he is to her. Mm-hmm. like killed it dead for me of like caring at all about her I'm like why are you with her why are you even pushing this mm-hmm. it's like Eve is literally single at this point just go that way Mark <laughs> you know but like with us it's like yeah there's a lot of great setup here with their friendship forming and um, a little bit of the introduction of the teen team um, who are obviously some of the main characters that will continue to kind of appear in this um, especially like Robot and Rexplode especially mm-hmm. yeah and there's then, a lot of them in this issue and then, of course, like you said, we also get the twins who, at first, when the guy was robbing the place, I didn't get that. update. There is a new member hey. of the comic clan. And they are Lunar owns Twitch. Thank you so much for that follow. Welcome. We appreciate it. Welcome to the comic clan. Thank you for joining us for today. And, but yeah, when the guy was doing the robbery, it was like only one of them that was there. So I didn't click right away reading it that that was the twins from the show. Yeah. Because obviously, in the show, like the twin clones like are the like, first thing we see. Yeah. Um, yeah, and they're a pretty big part of the show. 
and they're pretty big. And again, though, I feel like they're going to be in this. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's going to build up to, but we get like the idea of them building all the robots, and then they get foiled by the team team who go to get them. But like it kind of just stops there after like Robot, Atom, even uh, Invincible take them out, um, and then Robot again offers like we get the offering of Mark Grayson to join the team team as well. Yeah, which like I feel like I'm glad we're getting the time to build with the team team too. Because I feel like there was the team team were kind of there, and then it was like, oh yeah, by the way, you're pretty much the guardians of the globe now. Just so like, correct me if I'm wrong, but like, in the show, it's called the teen team, but like, they don't really come across as teenagers, and I don't think they are, right? Like, they've outgrown the teen team moniker. Is that in that right in the show, or am I just they're kind of starting to like? Um, okay. I think like Eve obviously is at high school with Marcia, so she's still a teen. Yeah. Um, I think Rex and Kate are still at that age. Um, okay. or at the very least they're like they're in their teens or at least going into their early 20s but it's very clear they've been the teen team for a while because it's very much a, a play on the teen titans mm-hmm. um, as the teenagers and like the sidekicks almost to the main heroes Yeah. Uh, another easter egg as well for y'all I don't know if you spot it the name of the mall Twin, Twin Pines Mall oh Back to the Future yep Back to the Future holy reference holy crap I totally missed that um, but another yeah, little, but yeah, another little um, Easter egg there, which I'm assuming it's a Back to the Future reference because it's, the Twin Pines malls are very on the nose if it's not. Um, but yeah, Teen Team is an amazing mountain nerds. But yeah, I think that's why, like in the show, we just kind of transferred them to be in the, um, like the next Guardians of the Globe. Uh, Sun Disney Plus from oh yeah, Sky High, yeah, Sky is an interesting one. Basically, like a high school for teenagers with superpowers. So, like, it's interesting. Oh, okay. But before, like, the whole superhero buzz. So, like, it, if they'd really done it now, it had the potential to be better. Let's put it that way. Yeah. But it's still enjoyable. But, yeah, so, like, as Nitro said, the issue ends with the kid blowing up at them all. Because mm-hmm. it's the first kid that we find. They're getting loaded with bombs. Um, so, we start to find out, like, this is a serious thing as issue three opens up because we have the, uh, the big meeting, the big assembly at school. Where they're talking about the missing kids. Um, but yet Mark being very kind of weird about it afterwards. Like saying like, I'm, it's like everyone's thinking I'm just going to say it. It's like whatever has happened couldn't have happened to a nicer bunch of guys. And yeah. it's like, and it's like I get that like horrible people in school probably, but yeah, really? Yeah. And it's like, I get the whole thing of like being in high school and having the horrible party. kids and stuff. Someone has hacked your transmission. Hey, thank you so much, Mountain Nerds. Thank you for thank the you. host. Appreciate it. I think this is probably... I don't want to say this. I, this is probably one of my favorite issues. Because um, I, I like the character development between him and his dad. Yeah, um, there's a lot that, of great this, stuff there's in There's a this. really lot, a lot of focus on that in this issue. Yeah, so the issue starts off with the character development again between him and Eve. We don't focus on it as much in this issue. It's just like... It's clear that the friendship's still continuing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's even a little hint of like her saying like about the guys who were being mean. It's like they're always nice to me, and he's like, "Well, yeah, you're a really attractive woman. Yeah. Of course, they're being nice to you." And <laughs> her kind of going, "Do you know I'm with Rex, right?" And I was like, "Yeah, what?" And part of it, like, is of him been a bit embarrassed, and also part of him, like, he probably honestly didn't mean it like that. Um, but like a kind of little hint of what's to come that there's going to be a little something between them, probably. 
Dude, did you catch this? I just had to look this up because I'm like, this this name has to mean something. So the name of the high school? Mm-hmm. Reginald Val Johnson? Yeah. That's Carl Winslow from Family Matters. That's the dude who voices him in the in the show, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I did not know yeah. that. That makes sense. That's the dude's name because I think he voices the – I'm pretty sure he voices the principal in the – I could be wrong. Or not the principal, but the – um. yeah, the principal or the superintendent of the school. Yeah. Hmm, that's quite interesting actually. I didn't realize I, I I just took the name of the school. It's like it's probably a reference to something, but I never picked yeah. up on what. Um we then get the flip back to Burger Mart, which I was kinda shocked he was still working there. Because in the show it was like he got his powers and like bye. Yeah, he was like peace. Um but with this one like he's still there and I don't blame him for kinda quitting. The boss is like You can tell like it's his late night you're doing your job and it's like, Yes, the people are out there waiting for fries. So the customer's writing, like, yeah, coming right up, sir. What else did you say in that moment? Yeah, like, what do you mean? He's like, coming right up. It's like, you realize how long they've been waiting? You know that waiting customers aren't happy customers? And and I'm thinking in my head, like, I've had bosses like that, and it's like, oh, yeah. Do you want me to cook the fries quicker? Like, how uh, they're cooking. They're in the thing. Like, I'm standing at the thing, like, you can see the baskets in. Like, I can't cook them quicker than I'm cooking them. Can you give me some hotter oil? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you guess, and maybe I'll not just pay you this weekend. It's like, you know what? I'm out. Yep. Literally throws his stuff down. Yeah. And I love how this plays out. It's really goes like, that. oh, my dad's so going to kill me. And the two of them are doing dishes. And, like, his dad literally says to him, it's like, that. oh, yeah, by the way, I don't, now that you're going to be doing, like, superhero weeks, like, more often, like, I don't think you need that job anymore. It's I should like, probably quit. It's like, I can I'll, manage that. I'll take care of that, dad. Don't you worry. I'll, I'll, I've got that sorted. And <laughs> Side note. Here's the Wild Stallions, the Bill and Ted reference. Oh yeah, the hat, the Wild Stallions. Sorry, I'm gonna point them out. I thought it was cool. Hold yours up yeah, again. That's... Huh? Your dude's got again? your dude's got a different color hat than me. And sure. Really? Yeah. Look. He's got a grey Wild Stallions hat and a blue flannel. That's so weird, dude. <laughs> Why did they color it again? That's, That's weird. weird. Hold your page up again. I'm I'm curious now. Like I'm like I'm checking colors now to see if anything else is different. Like you must have gotten a first edition or something like that. Like literally every other color on the page is the same. That's so random. That is very weird. Oh, hmm. I, I wasn't even holding it up in the right spot. You can't even see it. Oh yeah, you can. Yeah, yeah, we can see it. We saw. It. Yeah, it's like, Dad's going to kill me. <laughs> and he's like, you should probably quit your job. I can handle that. Yeah, so I love how that his dad's in the one that comes to him, and it's like, he's like, yeah, I was getting ready to go out and patrol, and he says, man, if I tag along, it's about time we drew for a team-up. And it's like, I love the way that his dad says it. It's not very, yeah, apparently just me. Apparently it's spot the difference edition <laughs> of Invincible. It's like, but I love that his dad's not like, a, like okay, you're going to come out and patrol me, and you're going to learn from me. He's like, he's literally like, yeah, can I tag along? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, he's like, I'll tag along with you. And I love this reoccurring gag as well. The two of them flying through the air and the dad just like dips out every so often <laughs> to take yes, care of something. Yeah. That's such a cool, like little, pa like little page. Um, I he think just, that's right. That's in the, that's in the show too, that part. Yeah. It's like, that's like, you know, like, you're not doing too bad, especially for being as new to it as you are. And he's like, thanks dad. I, <laughs> I love it. Sorry there. Chemical fire for the university science lab. Anyway. 
Um, <laughs> it just goes back to the conversation. And then again, the next page, it happens again. It's like he flies back. It's like, I don't thank me, son. I just said, keep up the good work. Look out, Dad. The dam's about to... And he flies. <laughs> and he gets back. He's like, show off. Yeah. And then they go grab some lunch. And his dad goes to take care of something. Like, okay, you need to help me. And we get the alien invasion. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guys that we see from early on in the show that the team, team help out with and stuff. And the Omni-Man, like, basically destroys their home world. Yeah, and but in the comic it's literally just Omni Man and Invincible fighting, mm-hmm. and like I said, the dialogue is very Superman esque from him. It's like it's very much encouraging. It's very much uh, like we can push them back. We're outnumbered here, but we got them, and we start to see the aging thing happening, like it does in the show. It's very much saying, and he's and the dad's like, okay, we can push them back, and then because it's weird, it almost like snaps in an instant for him. And one of the pages is like, we're not defeated yet. And then he picks up one of their tanks and you see him screaming and then the next thing he yells is, get off my planet. Yeah. Which, you know, knowing from where the show was with it, it's like a get off my planet is like, I've claimed this one. Yeah. But it's like, it's the start of him starting to come through and we see that face of him like glaring at them like he's about to go psycho. Mm-hmm. But Mark calms him down. It's like, it's okay, dad, they're leaving, it's over. And he goes, you're right, let's go. And it tones down and it's such a throwaway scene that you wouldn't know unless you knew what was coming next. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the two of them fly off and uh, they're heading to the mall and stuff like that. They get a thing at the mall and he tells them to keep up and we see just a, it's a really simple way to show the power level difference between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Is that we see Omni-Man like flying off and tells him to keep it up and like he literally just disappears into the horizon like Mark is pushing his hardest and when they get there they find one of the kids who again like the last one is asleep has no idea what's going on and tries to get as much information he can out of him and then he has to just launch the kid into the air through the hole that's there from the previous like explosion like I feel like there would be another way where you could do where you could dispose of the bomb than do what he did, but I still feel like there's a no, there's a glimpse into his like deeper personality or his deeper character right there where he just nonchalantly just throws a kid so he can blow up. I don't know. I don't know. See, like that's that. the that's the thing I was going to say with this scene is it's this panel right here beforehand. Like he holds the kid up and he's like, "Who did this to you?" Like I'm trying to get the information. Yeah, but then this panel. Yeah. That looks like compassion. Like in his eyes, it doesn't look like dead. It looks like his eyes are shaking. Like he's, like he's really sad. Like he knows what's about to happen to the kid, Mm -hmm. and the kid has no clue what's even been done to him, let alone what's about to happen. And then it's like in that moment he realizes he has to and throws him because like he has to get rid of him. It's like he's at the verge of blowing up, and it's like. Mm And it's one of those things of like it's there was almost a moment of compassion there and it's like I'm intrigued to see how this plays out in the comic compared to the show because I feel like the Omni-Man in the comic at the very least displays a lot more compassion and empathy. Well yeah, I feel like in at the least show, he's a lot like, better at showing it. I, I feel like in the show it was like his life, it was legit just just a facade, right? Mm-hmm. It was just a facade. 
until until the very very last part of the of the episode where he's just beating the bejesus out of Mark, and he holds him up and he sees the flashback of him, uh, him holding him up after he hit a home run, and there's like that one instance of oh he does have empathy, you know, but like like you said, this book I think does a really good job of kind of building that in from the start as opposed to just dropping it in at the end. Yeah. Absolutely. Like it really builds in from the start. Like like I didn't I, even notice that panel until you pointed it out. That makes a lot of sense though. Like I I kinda hate the fact that this was ruined and even before the show came out, like I'd heard spoilers for Invincible and stuff and his dad mm-hmm. being the villain and stuff like that. Um I really wish I'd gotten the chance to read this before I knew that. Yeah. Because I can only imagine that, that that final page reveal in the issue where he kills the Guardians. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like the show where, like, he comes out of the shadows and you see him fighting them. Like, no, he takes... Yeah. In that issue, he takes out the Guardians from the shadows. You don't know who's doing it. Yeah. Until the last page reveal. And I can only imagine the last page reveal of that being Omni-Man. Like a, a literal such gap. a shock for people. Yeah. Because if he's built up in this way, like, I... You wouldn't have seen it coming. I don't think you could have. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get the hint of like this is what's happening to the kids. Uh, Mark re- recognizes it as one of the missing kids from his school. The aliens return, open a portal right there, snag Omni Man, drag him through. Which I love Mark's reaction to. It. It's like Dad, and then the portal disappears, yeah. and he just goes, "Dang it, dang it!" <laughs> so he flies home, tells mom, and his mom's kind of like, "Oh well, more pork chops for us." I love it. I love how nonchalant it is. Oh, like, yeah, she's just, this is her life. She's used to this. And that brings us to the final issue of the volume, of the first volume of Invincible. You want to take us through volume, or uh, chapter four? Yeah, so it starts off, basically, um, Mark drops into the teen, the teen team's lair, and Robot has discovered what those, um, what the clones have been doing. They've been trying to build a robot army. Um, there's a little more character development for Rex and and, uh, and Adam Eve, um, where it shows them like dating and kissing and all that stuff. Um, a little more character development for um, Adam Eve and Mark as well in school. And we get the reveal. We get the reveal uh, for the missing kids and the exploding kids as far as like what's happening. And there's this really cool. There's this really cool part where like the teacher. Well, they're in class. This is the part that I didn't really like, where they kind of call them out, like, for dating. I'm like, really? Were people really laugh at people? Hey, hi, hi. They got called out. I know. Like, you got called out in class, and I'm like, they're like 17. I know. What 18. are we five? What are we five years old? Like, dating is pretty normal at this time. Anyways, that's the only really issue I had. But, um, so he he really creepily calls them out, like, like calls them out in class for for talking and stuff like that, and um. Somehow, I forgot how they figured it out. Oh, Robot helped them discover... So, based off the one of the kids exploding, he, he examined some of the the residue from the ex- explosions, and he was, he was talking about how it would take someone with incredibly specific skills in order to create a bomb like this. And they narrowed it down to this teacher, because this teacher used to be like a... I forgot what they said. Not an astrophysicist is not the word, but he used to be like basically kind of like a rocket scientist. Um, so they narrowed it down to, oh, it's our teacher. Our teacher is basically kidnapping these kids and blowing them up. So they, they find that out and they actually go to his house and he's like, I knew you were coming. And he basically goes, let me just take you to the kids. There's no sense in fighting you because there's no way I'm going to, I'm going to be able to fight you. 
So he takes them to this back room at his house, and he shows them one of the kids, Derek, who's strapped to the table with a bomb on him. And then he he's, has this huge monologue um, where he's talking about his son committed suicide because of bullying, and then he, he lost his job, and then he lost his marriage. And he's not necessarily, he's basically taking revenge on the fact that his life was basically ruined because of kids like these. And all these kids that are being kidnapped and, and having bombs strapped to them are all like the bullies of the school, right? So he slowly opens his shirt, um, which reveals that he has a bomb attached to his chest. So he's basically going to try to blow up the, them too. And this cuts back to, this is a callback to the opening of the comic. So the opening of the comic, the first page, you see Mark with a dude with a bomb strapped to his chest. And that's that guy. So it's the same dude. Um, he basically flies him to the Antarctic <laughs> in like half a second, and he explodes. Uh, and then, you know, it cuts back to them at the at, at Mark's house. He comes home, and he goes, you know, is dad home? Is dad back yet? And his mom goes, no, just... Just go upstairs, get cleaned up, and then uh, we're gonna we're gonna eat. And then <laughs> it's like a panel of her cleaning up. The next panel, Omni Man is in the scene, and he's like, "I need a shave." And then the next panel is her cleaning up again. Like she doesn't even like she doesn't even pay attention to it. But then it shows like a, a scene, a close up of her face, and there's a tear falling. So, um, but yeah, so he basically talks about what happened. So like. Mark tells him about the dude who, the teacher who blew up the kids and why he was doing it and stuff like that, and they figured it out. And then Omni Man, he was like, "I spent the late, at, I spent the last eight months enslaved by an army from an alternate dimension. Although it seemed like much less time had passed here, about a week ago, I led a revolt against my captors and regained control of my powers. Today, a team of scientists from the rebellion found a way to get me home." And then the mom goes, "That's nice. Who's ready for dessert?" <laughs> and that's the end of the, that's the end of the issue. So. It was a, it was really cool. But knowing what happened on that alien planet, I'm just, I'm super pumped for the next, for the next. Volume. Oh, I'm waiting for the reveal of like what volume shows that of like what actually like, happened in that planet. Because that's when it proper shows how powerful Omni Man is and how much of a psycho he is. I think, other yeah. than obviously when he murders the Guardians of the Globe, but like this, I think it properly shows the depth. <laughs> When he basically slaughters the entire planet. Yeah, like he goes to that planet and literally commits genocide. Like wipes yeah. their whole planet out. I'm like, yeah. that was the moment when it's like, crap, what do you actually yeah. do against this dude? And then no one is well coming forward that like Omni Man is like a pushover yeah. compared to some of the guys that are coming after him. No, and that's crazy to me. That's crazy to me. Like he's, he's not even close to the toughest of the Viltramites that Mark ends up facing. And I'm like, wow, that's nuts. And I'm like, he must come back somehow and help Mark. He must be involved in it somehow. Yeah. Because like, I don't see how Mark could do it himself. But I'm really intrigued for both the show and the comic going forward. Yes. Um, I thoroughly, awesome. thoroughly enjoyed this volume. I it was such an enjoyable read to get through. Um, it's heralded as probably the greatest superhero story that's not from Marvel or DC, like from the indie world taking a shot at superheroes. <laughs> And probably better than a lot of stuff that comes out of Marvel and DC, to be completely honest. Um, it's heralded as that, and I think it deserves it thoroughly. Yeah. Um, just the way it tells a story, the way it handles it, the fact of, like, you know, there is a beginning, middle, and end to it, even if it is 32 volumes. It's like a... You get in for the long haul with a story, and that's okay. That's part and partial of it. Yeah, it's really good. It's 
It's probably one of... I really liked Lock and Key. I really liked Lock and Key because it was so different than anything I'd read. But I feel like this is one of the favorite. This is one of my favorites that we've read. Mm-hmm. It's just such a cool story, and like you said, it's a, it's a really easy read. Like it's a very enjoyable read, you know. Yeah, it's an enjoyable read. I I don't think Volume One would, if you take it as itself. Mm-hmm. I don't think it stacks up in comparison to some of the others that we've read. Mm-hmm. Like I think in terms of single volumes, I think Lock and Key, Spencer and Law, Claws, yeah. even. Um, are all stronger single single volumes, but knowing what comes it. up though. But I think by the time we get to the end of the series, I think in terms of telling a coherent, connected story, I think it's got a potential to be one of the best ones. It's got the Agreed. potential to do that. Um, I can't believe it's thirty-one volumes. That's just a nuts. <laughs> Yeah, and like that's it though. Like, there's so much stuff kind of happens, and like even stuff like that, like the Viltrumite War, I think is like a good three, four volumes Jeez. of just all-on warfare, and there's a lot. And thinking about like the fact of like, but think how much stuff, how little stuff happens, and those like if you take like the first three volumes and say that's like season one of the show, think how much stuff has been cut out to condense it for the show, but actually it's just breathing room. So if a lot of that stuff's breathing room, like getting through those 31 volumes is actually not going to be that difficult a task it's yeah, actually yeah. going to be fairly easy to flow through them yeah i mean i read the whole thing in like like 40 minutes not even 40 minutes yeah so. it's like it's a really easy read yeah like you know i'd read like an issue a night like the last few nights just to kind of get ready for this because i work in the evening so like i just wrapped yeah. up my evening just reading an issue and i I got through it like that yeah it was it was super just easy. flew through an issue and I'm like, okay that was it and definitely one of the easier reads but enjoyable reads that we've done um, it's definitely worth picking up if you're interested in Invincible I highly recommend checking it out uh, for yourself um, the link that we've got is volume 1 is itself that we've done because I put the ones we actually read for our comic book club into our list um, so if you want to get go and grab it for yourself you can grab that but if you want to get the whole stuff that's covered in the first show I would highly recommend picking up the first compendium of it. Obviously, it's a lot more expensive because you're getting the multiple volumes in it. But I think those volumes all contain everything that took place in um, season one of the show. Um, And if you've not checked out the show itself either for this, I would highly recommend it. It definitely tells a story in a different way. um, In a differently ordered way. But at the same time, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it, it flips it around for TV very well. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things of like that. You have to translate what happens in a comic to fit TV or movie format, and people don't always do that successfully. And I think Invincible does, so I would highly recommend that if you've not seen that to check that out as well. Hmm. But yeah, I I thoroughly enjoyed this. Like this is this is but this is by no means our most in depth in the comic book club. No, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that you know we we. I mean, we've kind of already reviewed this, right? Because we reviewed the show. I mean, we reviewed the show, so we're kind of reviewing against the show. That's one of the things I wanted to talk yeah. about. It was because the show is out now. Everyone's a lot more familiar with Invincible and who he is and what the premise yeah. is of the show. So I'm like, well, what does the comic actually look like? Because mm-hmm. going back to the comic is like can be a completely different experience. Like for example, I talked about that a lot when we did um, Lock and Key. Mm-hmm. If you watch the Lock and Key show on Netflix. It's an enjoyable show. It's well worth checking out. It's very different from the book, though. But I don't think it holds a candle to the comic. No, no. 
Not even close. No. You know? I don't honestly even know if I finished it. I'd read the comic before, and I was like, "Man, I'm I'm just not digging this." The show's definitely not as good as that. Like, I'm I, I enjoyed it for what it was, and I think yeah. we'll definitely be checking season two when it drops to see what it happens. But like, I recently picked up volume two of Lock and Key. Yeah, so did I. And let me put it this way: I'm a lot more excited for reading volume two of Lock and Key than I am for seeing season two because I'm yeah. like, okay, I want to see what happens next now because yeah. it's been set up in such a good place. And I think that's the mark of it, and it's the same with Invincible. I think that's the mark of a great comic is it makes you want to pick up what's next. Yeah. You know, and honestly, that's one of the lures of why I love indie comics so much now and why I've really started getting into indie comics because there's just not that lure to pick up the next thing for Marvel and DC. Like, there's specific stories that sound interesting. Yeah. You know, like, um, yeah, like the one that's happening now in Marvel from... Tom Taylor Dark Ages and I'm like it's a Tom Taylor book I'm sure he'll do something awesome with it yeah. or that fantasy like you know Knights and Swords thing that he's that doing awesome. at DC, DC. Like, that looks cool but like I can't legitimately say like oh I'm excited for to see what happens next with such and such like sticking with him like I'm excited to see what happens with Nightwing because he's one of my favourite yeah. characters yeah but that's because he's writing the book if the next writer's not doing something interesting it's I'm no rush to get it like Marvel and DC are more a case of like, oh, that sounds like an intriguing story on that character. I'll pick it up. Yeah, I like that character, and it's a different spin on the character. Yeah. Yeah, Got I'll it. pick it up, and yeah. it's like, but there's also volumes where it's like, oh, that's horrible. Nope, not touching yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but I feel like with indie comics, it's so much different because like you, for a lot of them, you get a beginning, a middle, and an end. You get a, you know what I mean? Like stuff like Invincible. I can imagine Robert Kirkman had an idea of where he was going with it. Or at least what he wanted to accomplish with it. Because a lot of the same beats hit. The fact that the Viltrumites are very much the like reoccurring villains. Yeah. For a lot of it. And it kinda goes that journey. Like he must have had some beats set out for that and he must have had an idea of where he wanted to end it. Mm-hmm. You know, even with his book The Walking Dead, he always said that, like the book kept going on and on and it's like he but he always said, like he I know what the ending is. Yeah. I know where it is going to end. I don't know how long it's going to take us to get there. I'll keep going as long as they want me to. Mm-hmm. But when it's time to end it, I know what the ending is. Yeah. And he did. And he did. He ended the book, you know, and ended it on his terms. And ended it in a lot different way than a lot of people thought. And it's like, but I think that's the great thing about indie comics is you're opened up to these amazing worlds that if you only read Marvel and DC, you are missing out on some amazing stories. Agreed. people go like that oh I'm not a big comic reader and I'm like I just don't think you found the right comic I think there's a genre out there and there's this type of story out there for everyone Agreed. and a lot of them tell amazing stories like you know it's like and it's really intriguing like when I go to pick up second volumes of stuff like I'm intrigued like I'm excited picking up volume 2 of Invincible picking up volume 2 of Lock and Key picking up uh, what was the other one I got volume, th- volume 3 of Umbrella Academy you know it's like another one that we're going to be doing on the show probably next year <clears throat> it's like yeah I'm excited for it I'm yeah. excited to continue these stories I'm excited to see what we do with them mm-hmm. yeah I mean there's there's so much more than just the big two or the big three even and like because so, I never read indie comics until I met you <laughs> Yeah, to be honest but like some of the stuff that I've read is just it's it's so cool that there's other stuff outside um, outside of the big two yeah and that is really really good and compelling because I'll be honest, I've gotten so bored of Marvel and DC. Like, the reoccurring, like, monthly stuff. Mm-hmm. 
like I'll go back and I'll read stuff, but my, my shelves are full of Marvel and DC. Don't get me wrong, yeah. I love superheroes. Yeah. yeah. And there's amazing stuff like I've got wish lists on Amazon filled with so many volumes of stuff that same. I want to pick up. Yeah. That same. I'm like well, that are great, like uh, like Marvel and DC stories that I want to get. But I have no urge to go out there on a weekly basis and pick up Marvel and DC comics because I'm like, no. you know what I mean? I'm not going to go and pick up Spider-Man just because it's Spider-Man or Batman just because yep. it's Batman. I'm like, no, I want to see if I enjoy the run, if it's good and if it's worthwhile. Yeah. And yeah. I'm intrigued to try new stuff. Like Even I've seen it in there. I was talking about the comic Moon he mentioned in our Discord. I completely forgot he mentioned it to me until like this week and I thought about it and I went and found it online and it's like, it's a British comic, but like it's this, it's bizarre as crap story. <laughs> it's like literally this. It looks like a secret agent whose head is the moon. That's hilarious. But like, but then you get the story of like in twelve AD the moon was cursed. And like, where does the moon go every? You know, when it goes, you know, away in the morning, it's like, oh well, actually he becomes a secret agent in Britain and is doing all this stuff, and it's like, what? What? <laughs> like, I love comics. Because yeah. in the world of the comics, that makes sense. Yeah. Nowhere else. But in the world of the comics, yeah, why not? Sure, let's do it. And that's what I love, is like, it doesn't need to make sense. And I'm like, and there's so many great comics out there. And it's like, so don't get me wrong, I'm not crapping on Marvel and DC. And it's like, they're always going to be the kings of comics. Um, But I honestly believe if that's what you're, the only stuff you're reading, if you're a comics fan, you're missing out. Yeah, you're missing out in some amazing stuff out there. You know that's why we talk to some of the amazing creators we do, mm-hmm. is to talk about these amazing comics out there. That's why you know I felt like doing this comic book club was a great idea of doing. Let's do an indie comic book club. Yeah, opening up the world. Let's pick up stuff that we've not like Locking Keys, a highly acclaimed comic. Choose a highly acclaimed comic. Invincible's a highly acclaimed comic. Uh, Close is highly acclaimed for what it is. You know, it's like they're all talked about in such a great degree. Mm-hmm. and it's like well let's check them out and some of them are going to be great you know some of them are going to absolutely love some of them not so much yeah. like we weren't massive fans of Chew it was a oh, decent story I'm probably still okay. going to pick up volume 2 at some point and continue it just to see where it goes mm-hmm. but like I'm not rushing to get it but at yeah. the same time like it's like it's a highly acclaimed comic a lot of people have said a lot of great stuff about it and I'm like I want to see what the fuss is about yeah and if I disagree and I'm not a fan of it, then that's okay. You're allowed to not be a fan of it. If well, if you pick up and if you pick up Invincible and hate it, that's perfectly fine. You're allowed to. And that's the thing. There's something for everyone. Like what you don't like, somebody else is gonna love. Oh know? yeah, absolutely. And that's why comics are so awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, that's why I love doing the indie comic book club and delving into these worlds. Um, as I said, let me let me grab the other one just so we can plug it a little. grab the one for October um, so again for our indie comic book club this is a, a Will Eisner nominee for 2020 best new series called uh, Something is Killing the Children from James Tenney and the Fourth Werther Deladiram I'm probably totally mispronouncing that name and Mikhail Muerto and um, some really cool style artwork in this like it's a really it's not too dark not too creepy but there's elements of creepy kind of art in it 
and because like, it's going to be Halloween, so it's going to be our, you know, even just some of the penciling and stuff is a little bit creepier in it. And um, as we delve into that, I was telling Nitro about some of the stuff we're looking at for horror comics for future Halloweens. And this is a nice, like, here you go, little peeky at some monstery stuff. You know, there's nice. some great horror comics out there, but this one is like highly acclaimed. This is coming through Boom Studios, which has been making a lot of waves in the comic book industry recently. Um, so we will be talking about this in October. So next month we will be delving into this. It's meant to be a bigger gap between Invincible and that, but unfortunately yeah. Invincible got pushed back to September. So. so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Something's going on the shoulder and it looks really cool. I'm looking yeah. at the art right now. So, uh, guys, if you want to pick that up for yourself, as well as picking up Invincible, go ahead and click on that Amazon link. That'll take you to our wish list where we keep all the comics that we do in our Indie Comic Book Club. Um, and you can pick them up for yourself and check them out. Check out the previous ones we've talked about, and you can catch episodes on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts um, to find our Indie Comic Book Club discussions on there. Um, next week, we were going to be talking about Shang-Chi, but someone decided to have a social life. My bad. <laughs> so so we're not going to be doing that how dare you be a sociable person we're comic book geeks right? we're not allowed to do that no, we're not allowed <clears throat> to have family or friends nope so two weeks time we will be doing our Shang-Chi review which hopefully by that point if you've seen it you've seen it so going into spoilers definitely shouldn't be an issue in two weeks time yes um, so next week I am at a toss up I'm going to be talking to some people to see if I can get some guests on so I'm kind of in a toss-up between possibly reviewing the first half of Marvel's What If, um, just so we can split it up, because it's going to be nine episodes long, I believe, and I don't mm. think we're going to fit nine episodes in a two-hour show. Yeah. <laughs> somebody said, I'm getting mocked for that. Somebody said they have a social life. Um, so I might see if we can get some guests on to talk about that, um, yeah. especially after some of the episodes we've had done. I think they definitely are worth discussing in depth especially after that last one yeah and um, if i'm not able to do that then chances are i'll just do a gaming stream and chances are it's just going to be i'm honestly probably just going to do a little bit of kingdom hearts and just jump into that rather than doing a like apex or sea of thieves or something like that well, thankfully you're past <coughs> ursula so yeah i got past that breaking one. your breaking your controller in half uh yeah i'm thinking <laughs> i was thinking captain hook when i finished last time so Speaking of doing Kingdom Hearts and fighting Captain Hook, that will be tomorrow night. I will be back 8.30 tomorrow evening, Eastern Time. Um, so come and join me as I continue through Kingdom Hearts, which has been a lot of fun. been enjoying the game. I will say this, I kind of broke my wife's heart last week because I'm like, I, I'm not enjoying it in the way that a lot of people have been like, you're going to love this, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, I do think there's definitely an element of nostalgia for a lot of people that told me to check it out. Yeah. Um, who grew up with the game that I obviously don't have. It's my first playthrough. Not that it's a bad game. Not that I'm not enjoying it, but I'm not blown away with it. Mm-hmm. Bearing in mind, this is like what a PlayStation 2 era game. Yeah. So compared to some of the stuff I've played, like, yeah, it's not going to totally blow me away in that sense. But it's yeah. been enjoyable and I'm looking forward to completing it. And I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with the sequels and stuff like that. I definitely think that plays a part into it and the nostalgia. Yeah. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing. That's perfectly okay. That's not necessarily a bad thing. Like I've got nostalgia playing games. Like, there's nostalgia watching certain TV shows or movies that I know are bad. Yeah, I know that there's elements to them, but I'm still a fan of them because of that nostalgia. <coughs> <Firefly. clears throat> what? 
and we're ending the call with Nitro there. <laughs> Bearing in mind as well, Nitro has no taste, so... Uh, apparently, apparently. I played a little bit of DC Universe Online as, not a lot. Like, I tried playing it a little bit, but I never fully got into it. I just don't have the time to delve into it a lot. Um, and I don't want... And the thing with an open-world, like, universe game online like that is that you got the potential like that's going to become your game then that's what you do on stream if you do it on stream and with only like one dedicated gaming day for myself i don't want that to be the game i dedicate yeah. to i want to explore other stuff but i may start doing it once we if i get another gaming night eventually um but yeah following up from kingdom hearts then again on tuesday night at 8 30 i believe as far as i know the plan's still on yep. for that yeah, I'll be here working on Nick's piece from Co-op Trio. Hopefully, we'll start doing some legit coloring on it. So, well, I don't know if we're going to finish it, but we'll get close, hopefully. I say hopefully you'll get close because you got a fair bit done last week. Yeah, yeah, we got a lot of it done last week. So, so I'll be cool to see if that gets done. And But Natural Again has been knocking it out of the park with that, so please, by all means, go ahead and check that out. Um, again, if you want to financially support the channel in any way, the podcast, the gaming, the art, whatever please go and check out our coffee link and um, as i said we're going to be some exclusive content appearing up over there hopefully in the next couple of weeks as well as and um, this week hopefully getting some art commission stuff available for purchase for nitro so if you do want to get some art stuff done definitely check that link out for it there yep. um, but yeah i think that's pretty much everything at this point wait yeah. man this is awesome <clears throat> yeah anything else i've missed anything you can think of um maybe it just uh i don't know if you already called us out but just our discord um mm, go for it so if 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 you like hanging out with us and you like the types of stuff that we talk about we talk about all different types of additional stuff on our discord it's a very active discord and we, we we're on there every day so if you want to come by and hang out and after after our streams by all means come come and check us out on our discord yeah absolutely yeah, we try to stay pretty active on there. Um, you can also catch us on our social media and stuff as well, but usually in the Discord where you'll get some of the good conversations taking place. Let's see who is online. So we can go drop a little raid. See if the right dictator still on once this ad runs. And we'll maybe go and drop a raid on her. We don't get a chance to raid her often. But yeah, I think that's pretty much everything from us. So look forward to seeing you tomorrow night and Tuesday night. Hope you come back and join us. Um, and then next Sunday, I'll definitely be here. I don't know exactly what I'll be doing yet. So keep up to date with us on our Discord and on our social media. Let me post those links as well. And all of you have an absolutely amazing Sunday. Thank you for everyone that came and joined us today. I hope you all had a good time. And we will see you all soon. And remember, it's a good week to be a geek. Adios. Oh. 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 Oh.